Hi, this is Nicola, and you are listening to It's All Good in the Hood, Episode 1. What town? This podcast is produced on Treaty 6 territory, a traditional gathering place for diverse Indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Salto, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community. First, this is a podcast, and I am not a paid journalist. I am not bound by the Code of Ethics of the Canadian Association of Journalists. That being said, I do make an effort to research and honestly represent information in these podcasts. I will always attempt to be honest, but I also know that I have my own biases and blind spots. I will do my best to be honest about those. Second note. I can't cover everything in each episode, and for the sake of brevity and because of my own personal focus, there will be some things that I won't cover in these episodes. So about a month ago, the CBC released a podcast called Slumtown, which highlighted some of the housing issues faced in inner-city Edmonton. This podcast lit up social media with concerns and comments, first about the name of the podcast, then the content of the episodes, Responses were mixed, with some people being furious about the name of the podcast, and then other people being happy that their long-fought battles with problem properties was finally being addressed. I must admit, when I first saw the name of the podcast, I was, I was offended. I have lived in this neighborhood for 12 years, and I have worked hard to slowly renovate my property and bring positive things to the neighborhood. But I have also been concerned with problem properties in the area, And while volunteering on the Alberta Avenue Community League Board, I was particularly frustrated by the lack of assistance we were receiving from the city, the police service, and even the province in dealing with these properties. I listened to the podcasts, and I really liked them. And I liked them because, from my own experience, I knew what people were going through trying to fight these problem properties. And I knew the intimidation tactics and lies of Carmen Pervez, who one city councillor refused to even name. He called him him who must not be named. So we have our own area of Voldemort. Yet I'm really tired of hearing what people from outside of the community say about my community. Not everyone, but some people do say that our neighborhood is dangerous, that it's slummy, that the houses are falling apart. Sometimes people will say things like, why would you even live there? Well, I live here because I love it. And the one thing that this hood has is spirit. And that spirit makes this place more than just a bunch of problem properties. So, I decided to make a podcast. To start, I looked at crime statistics for the communities in my neighborhood. Communities like Eastwood, Westwood, Parkdale, Cromdale, Macaulay, Spruce Ave, Delton, Alberta Ave, Elmwood Park. Historically, the area in this city with the highest reported crime rates is the downtown core. This is followed by Macaulay and Oliver on the other side of downtown. And then the third is Alberta Avenue, and the crime levels continue to drop the further you go from the city core, until you get to the area around West Edmonton Mall, and then the crime rates go back up. But I don't often hear any comments about the West End being a crime-ridden slum. For example, if you were to look at the historic crime statistics and compare the community of Summerlee in the West End near West Edmonton Mall with Macaulay in the inner city near downtown, you would probably be surprised to see that between 2012 and 2016, Summerlee had 
as 0.58 per capita crime rate, or 58% per person, compared to 0.46 in Macaulay. The downtown core had a 0.3 per capita average crime rate, 30% per person. Of course, Summerlee has a lower population, so the crime rate per capita going up is not surprising, but the number of total reported crimes in Summerlee over the period of 2012 to 2016 was 1,192. Macaulay's was double that at 2,359. But Summerlee's population was 2,030. So per capita, this is per person, Macaulay was actually safer between 2012 to 2016 than Summerlee. So what am I trying to say? Well, our area does have crime, but it is not as bad as you might believe. If you compare the current crime data mapping available on the Edmonton Police Service website, Alberta Avenue has had roughly the same number of incidences of crime in the last month as Summerside in the southeast of the city. We know we have some crime here. We know we have some disorder. We also know we have something amazing that very few neighborhoods in the city can say they also have. What is it? It is real, true, from the ground up community. Like I said earlier, the social media response by area residents to the podcast Slum Town, well, it was busy to say the least. Conversations, views, concerns, questions, they were being posted so fast it was hard to keep up. Our local newspaper, the Rat Creek Press, has a large article about it coming out in August, and Facebook statuses challenged the view portrayed by Slum Town. And this talk around the podcast did something else. It helped advertise dozens of neighborhood events, and connect even more people in the neighborhood on social media. I thought I would talk to someone who deals with the perception of our area frequently in a professional manner. Her name is Michelle Patterson Nip. She's a local real estate agent, and she lives in the area. With CBC's podcast, um, Slumtown, do you, like, for me, when I first saw Slumtown, I was like, what? Because right. that's not my impression of my neighborhood. I mean, there's problems and all. Yeah. But I don't see it as slum town. And I know that I've had to tell people that their impressions of my neighborhood are wrong. Yeah. Do you think that a podcast like that would affect selling real estate in the area at all? I mean, that's one of the things I have to deal with as a realtor on a daily basis. Oh, people's impressions. People's impressions. Yeah. You know, because I list a lot of homes in the area. Yeah. I do open houses. Yeah. And, you know, I respond to sign calls and mm -hmm. people are coming in and, you know, they're attracted. They see it online. Mm -hmm. They love this look of the home. They love the style of the home. They love the character. Right. They want to see it. They come in and take a look and they're always a little iffy about the area. Judgments, not only on the area, but, you know, they would make a snap judgment on the house across the street, it's getting renovated. They think it's a crack house. <laughs> because right? there's boards in the windows. Because there's boards on the window. But that's because it's being renovated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not because it's a crack house. Right. It's because somebody sees the value in the home and wants to renovate it. Right. Right? So you deal with those. I deal with those first impressions all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. One thing is... That is great and has certainly changed. I've been a realtor for about 15 years. Mm. One thing that certainly changed is realtors' impressions of this neighborhood. Oh, really? Definitely. Oh, okay. 
you know, when I first started, it was even when we bought our house, right? Because when we purchased our home, I wasn't a realtor Mm. at that point. Oh, okay. We had to convince our realtor that we wanted to see homes in this area because he wasn't showing them to us. It's really interesting. Yeah. So we found this home and my, my husband actually found it, took a look at it. And then I hadn't seen it yet, so I called my realtor and I said, "Okay, we want to see this house." They're like, "Okay," and we loved it. Yeah, it is an absolutely gorgeous house. And we moved into the into the neighborhood. My husband has um, experience has with living in this area because his grandmother used to live. Oh, did she? Yeah. Just by the Coliseum. Did she? Okay. Yeah. So he has some very rich memories of yeah. being in this neighborhood. And having grown up in St. Albert, he was like, you know, let's, let's move here. It's not like he didn't know the reputation that this area had. Right. Um, but that didn't, didn't really scare him. It didn't scare him at all. No. And when we came and saw this house and we looked at the neighbors and saw kids playing in the yard. You know, that makes a huge difference, yeah, right? Yeah. Those things do exist. We do have families in the neighborhood. We, we have sure adorable old seniors and we have even, you know, like the multi- multi-story houses and the multiplexes can be really wonderful too. So, so you bought your house before you became, um, a realtor. Yeah. And so how long have you been in the neighborhood? Oh my God. 2004. So it's been, For, yeah. Eight. Okay. Yeah. 15 years. Okay. And I, yeah, and I've been here for 12 years. And I know when I, so I bought my house, my house was a no commission. So, mm-hmm. so I just saw it online mm-hmm. and I knew the neighborhood was a bit rough, but I, I grew up downtown. So I was used to a bit rough. Right. This was, I was a little nervous and leery when I first moved in, but I wanted, there's certain things I wanted. I wanted an old house because yeah. I really only like old houses. And I can't afford something in Westmount. Yeah. So right. this is where I could go. Yeah. And the great thing about these old houses, the bones of these houses are amazing. Mm-hmm. If you take care of these houses, they will last forever. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. I mean, they've already lasted forever. <laughs> yeah. Right? Longer than most people's lifespans, yeah, right? Exactly. So exactly. it... it it offered me exactly what I wanted. And I'm not, I still want to honor the fact that some people are dealing with next door neighbors that are problem yeah. properties for sure. And yeah, yeah, my house did get broken into before we had, we put in a brand new door frame and a new security system and it, and we don't have any problems now. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I live is close to an intersection that sometimes we get activity yeah. at night. Yeah. But really when it comes down to it, I looked at our neighborhood in the last month and all the crimes and the, mm-hmm. the crime dots on the EPS crime map. Mm-hmm. And it was basically the same smattering amount of crime as when I compared it to Summerside. Right. Um, and maybe the, the types of crimes are a little different, but not really because it's theft from vehicle, thre- right. theft of vehicle, right. break into garage, right. which is pretty common throughout this city. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know that people can see things. They might see homeless people. They might see carts. But, I mean, this is also just a reality of living in a city where we have a huge divide, a social divide. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like, I, I just didn't feel like it was a bad idea moving into the neighborhood at all. Yeah. I felt like it was yeah. a good idea. Yeah. And I know that I initially really kept to myself for the first few years. But then as I started to go out in the community, mm-hmm. 
that's when I really realized I didn't just like the community. I love the community. Yeah, and the, the people. The people are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of those things that it's hard to convince people of, right? Because it really depends on the person. Mm-hmm. You can live in a place, keep to yourself, not talk to your neighbors, mm-hmm. you know? I grew up in Riverbend. My mom still lives there. And I swear, she knows more of my neighbors here in Alberta right. Avenue than she knows her own neighbors in Riverbend. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's very interesting because our homes, and you could see some areas kind of fashion themselves to be more of a neighborly community. Mm-hmm. We have detached garages. We have yes. a lot of street parking. Right. right. So you see people going into their homes. Right. As opposed to with your attached garage, it's very easy not to see any of Go your inside, neighbors. Hide away. Because you open up your garage door, mm-hmm. you drive your, your car in, and you go into your house without even stepping outside. Right. And that's the difference. I have a detached garage, and I'm walking in the backyard. On the occasion, I'll see my neighbor, you know, working on their lawn. From that the is something I love is the leaning over yeah, the fences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that sense of community, I don't think people understand that that sense of community is worth more yeah. than the properties with the front garages. I know that they like the convenient. Well, I don't even know if those communities really are convenient. Because you're not really close to anything. The idea, I guess, is a new home is nice. There's an idea that there's less crime. There's an idea of certain things. But the reality is, I feel very safe in my home because I know my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I feel very connected because I know my community. Yeah. And I can, you know, I I can trade things with neighbors. I can ask neighbors if I I need help. When I had my surgery... Neighbors were the ones who came to see me and make mm-hmm. sure that I was okay because mm-hmm. my family is all over the place. Right. And that's not something that I think you can get in most communities. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that most communities even really want to engage in community building. Right. I like what we have. I think mm-hmm. what we have is more value than mm-hmm. brand new homes. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, for me, I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. 100%. And I live here and I get it, mm-hmm. right? But when I put my realtor hat on, ah, yes. you know, people like different things, right? That's true. Because th- even on the street, there are people who keep to themselves. Mm. And that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's no, that's okay. a good point. Some people really do want to keep to themselves. That's yeah, true. yeah. And um, people like their areas for different reasons, mm. right? Yeah. So, and... I am able to see the benefits of lots of neighborhoods because of my job. Not just of the neighborhood, but of the property itself, mm-hmm. right? And I, because if you don't put yourself out there, mm-hmm. if you don't engage in what's going on in the community, you don't try and meet people, then you might have a very different opinion of the same um, the n- neighborhood. Right. That is a good point. So if you're kind, if you're not engaging with the you know with your neighbors the only thing that you might be seeing outside of your home is the not so positive stuff the negative stuff and it's interesting because I want to dispel the myth that we are in a slum but that doesn't mean that I 
want to ignore the fact that there are things here that aren't fantastic. And I and I get it, you know, I listened to Slumtown and, you know, I made the comment on social media. It's like it's very funny how people have such different opinions right. of the same neighborhood. Yeah. And I know that there's certain pockets in this neighborhood that aren't great. Mm-hmm. And even where your home is on the street makes a huge difference How too. close it is to a certain property yeah. or an intersection. Right. Like yeah. if you're on the corner, you might see a little bit yeah. more activity mm-hmm. than if you are a couple of houses in. Mm-hmm. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah, you're right. It does. It really does. And it's, you know, so when I saw the, saw, I had my quick reaction. Oh my gosh, Slumtown, this is, mm-hmm. this is not what we are. Mm-hmm. However, what I think they were doing with the podcast was, what are people's perceptions that are negative, Slumtown? Mm-hmm. And then if you actually listen, it talks about what is actually causing that negativity. And they certainly focused on one individual right. and their properties. And and agreed, Carmen Prevez's properties, or we don't actually know if they were his properties, but properties that he was connected to mm-hmm. have caused problems for neighbors. Yeah. No matter what he claims he's doing. I mean, charging yeah. someone $1,500 for one room, yeah. to me, is not helping anybody. But that's my opinion. And I've seen, I've been in a lot of those properties. Have you? Yeah. So you've... I've shown them to people. Oh, my Lord. And That's right, because most of them are on the market now, right? They're on the, well, they've been on the market for a long time. Right, basically went off yeah. and on, you know? Yeah. You know, and all of his properties, it got to a point where you knew when you stepped in. Yes. You were going to see what you don't Whose property this belongs to. Yeah, because they all had the same little... Ways of redoing the windows yep. and the frames, yep. and they had the same color. The same kind of outside. Yeah, and then as soon as they suddenly got really derelict, then they would catch fire. Right. And then it was just <laughs> like, oh yeah, I bet that's... Yeah, we know what that is. Yeah. But I also did appreciate in the podcast that she also talked to like one homeowner who said, you know, I do know I have some things I need to fix on my home, so it might not look great, yeah, yeah. but I'm getting there. Every time right. I have money, I, I do something about it. And so I think it was also important to also that lady in Macaulay who's buying these derelict properties and making right. duplexes because yeah. she loves her neighborhood, yeah. that the people who live here really do love it here. Yeah. And we want to protect it. And we want to see it yeah. continue to thrive. Yeah. And I... I've had the experience of dealing with people who need to sell their homes because of circumstance. You know, their families are bigger or they, mm-hmm. need, they need more space or they need to downsize. And they sell their home in Alberta Avenue and they want to buy a home in Alberta Avenue. They, don't they want to leave. To, they want to stay in the neighborhood. Yeah. And they're, they're fine. Okay, Spruce Ave, sure. Okay, Parkdale, Crondale, East. Yeah. So any of our little collection, they're still happy to be in it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's true because when you look at how many <laughs> super lovely old grandmas aren't will not move out. Will not. They love their backyard. They yeah. love their gardens. They yeah. love being around their neighbors. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at... Well, and even looking at the crime statistics per capita, Albert Avenue is still not the highest. Macaulay is in the second tier. Eastwood is, and Parkdale, Cromdale, Spruce Ave, Delton, they're all below us. Like it's mm-hmm. really per capita, per person, it's really actually not that bad. My husband tells me all the time, a lot of crime happening right around West Edmonton Mall. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's tons of crime around there. And does it necessarily have the same reputation as Alberta no. Avenue? No. 
No, people are fine buying a home in that area. It's interesting, the spirit of people in this area kind of, I wouldn't even call it fighting back so much as like connecting to pushback Mm. instead of fighting back so much. Because fighting back, I think, you know, we've got a bit of crime. Okay, whatever. We've got some bad landlords. We're going to do what we can do. Yeah. Um, But it's not so much fighting back. It is just connecting and creating Mm -hmm. community. It's Mm -hmm. And that is a, a wonderful thing. It's like the 118 Ave ladies, the, right. the cookie exchanges, yeah. um, wings night, yeah. all these things that we do together. Mm-hmm. And then the kids that play together on the streets so mm-hmm. the parents get to know each other. Yeah. The block parties that we have are fantastic. All yeah. the festivals we have. And when you look at Kaleido and Byzantine, they bring in the entire city. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So our so neighborhood. often we see people from other. Yeah. Like friends from other neighborhoods yeah. come into our neighborhood to yeah. take part in the free festivals. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that when they come for those festivals, they see that this is this is a great place. This is not just a few derelict properties or right. a few homeless people. And right. you know what? We're close to downtown. We're close to services. It's just the way it is. I mean. It's not the end of the world. For me, it's ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, being in the center of the city. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted to move here was because I used to rent a um, an apartment downtown. Okay. And when it came time, it's like, okay, well, we need to buy a home. We wanted to stay central. Yeah. You know, like I said, um, my husband's from St. Albert. Right. My mom's in Riverbend, mm-hmm. and being central was extremely convenient right. for us because when we wanted to go and see our parents, it's a half an hour. Yeah, instead of way, right? being far, and then you have to do an hour. Yeah, and then an hour back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, okay, so I do real estate, so it's not like I'm attached to an office. It's not like I work downtown, but I mean, I can only imagine. If I work downtown, how easy of a commute is. And yeah. my husband, he doesn't work downtown or central either. Mm-hmm. He works in Spruce Grove, so he's going the opposite way of traffic. So mm-hmm. it's very nice Yeah, that is fantastic. So maybe there's some problems, and maybe it's not perfect. But you know, we got it pretty good here. It's walkable. It's accessible. It's close to the River Valley. There's big, beautiful trees everywhere. It's easy to get to work. There's glorious old houses really great community events, and that wonderful community spirit that you just can't get anywhere else. So keep listening to It's All Good in the Hood as I highlight the people, the places, the events, and the history that make this area so great.